0: Lou, what would you like for Christmas? I want an official red order club next action 2-inch at Wainsville
1: Aaron No, shoot your eye out. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat?
2: Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for
1: dead? I thought we banned the crying babies out.
2: Christmas would live in our memories as the Christmas when we were introduced to Chinese turkey. Yes,
3: your Christmas spirit. This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't.
4: Yes! This is Christmas
3: music.
2: Now, with Lou Desmond.
1: On AM590 the answer. Santa here? I know him. AM 590 the answer. It's the Lou Desmond show. End of the year. Best and worst. Political predictions, all kinds of predictions. Uh edition. Plus, we got a special treat. Uh, last segment of the show tonight. The uh, kids will be in from Yukaipa Christian School District to recite the Christmas story. Luke 1 through 20 20, a very cute thing that they do every year. I mean, try to get kids in a public school to memorize, you know, 20 versus good luck with that uh, and have a teacher with the discipline and the time to do it or have them memorize anything from the Bible. See if that's going to happen. I don't think so.
3: Miraculously, you just needed some time off because your voice is really bad today. I know my vo- I, don't, I don't know what's going on with my
1: voice. I feel <laughs> fine. I don't have a cold or anything, uh, but uh, my voice has just been very thin the past couple of days. Lou, so.
3: you're going to be gone for a week. You really did not have to just add the extra cherry on top. Yeah, you really did. It. There you
1: go. So anyway, joining us here on the Newsmaker Line, a man who can talk with a very full voice, Mr. Tom Del Beccaro. Hey, Tom.
5: How are you? Merry Christmas, everyone.
1: Merry Christmas to you. Uh, you have on politicalvanguard.com, your great website that you are proprietor of, your list of the top 10 losers of 2014 I have right in front of me. I assume you have a winner's list, too.
5: No, I do have a winner's list. You should have that, too.
1: Right. Okay. Yes. All right. So, uh, do you want to start with losers or winners? Uh,
5: let's go losers and go to some winners.
1: All right. Number 10. Uh, well, it's going to be easier for me to go losers and then winners because the way the computer screen is set up, just letting you know. Number 10 is a sports team and you're losers of 2014. This would be the Yankees. Why the Yankees? Well, the reason why I mention it at
5: all is a year ago I wrote an article about how on Forbes about how the Yankees were proof that throwing money at problems isn't the answer. And the Yankees tend to throw money at problems. They've spent a half a billion dollars in two years and didn't make the playoffs either year. Instead of being a quality organization, they apparently are a quantity organization. They just need they just appropriate like big
1: government. Yeah, well, I have said for a long time here on the program that I agree with you that throwing money at a problem doesn't work. This one, this next one, I really agree with you very strongly on. A big loser this year, the climate chain mongers. And your reasoning is what?
5: Well, look, the polar ice cap didn't go away. They told us that the California was in drought because of climate change. None of their predictions are coming true. And sure enough, in the polls, people's concern over climate change is is dropping very low, and you don't see Al Gore around anymore. If we had had a bunch of hurricanes like they predicted or a bunch of tornadoes like they predicted, I'm sure we'd have the Al Gore's face on every TV. None of that's happening.
1: No, of course not. All right, let's move to some winners. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, I know you're a big baseball fan, you've got Madison Baumgartner and the Giants. Uh, proof that you can not spend wildly but spend, I don't know, efficiently –
5: and wind up doing very well. The Giants win, win the uh, World Series. They have an underpaid pitcher. And they're the uh, exact
1: opposite of the Yankees. And and there you go, that uh, sometimes the most efficient organization wins, not the one with the most money. Money sometimes can actually be a, a hindrance. I, I work with a lot of very large companies uh, as their PR counsel, and sometimes the giant corporations, Tom, they're the hardest ones to do anything positive for because they have so much money and so much time and so many layers of management, it takes forever for them to make a decision.
5: Yeah, that's the Bureaucracy of big, gov- a big business can be nearly as bad as bureaucracy of big government.
1: Uh, on your list of losers at number nine, you have simply Hillary.
5: Well, Hillary's on both sides of it. Hillary won big last this year and lost big. She lost big because, quite frankly, she went around the country campaigning for a lot of people and almost all of them lost. So people really began to question whether Hillary's all that formidable. And, of course, the person questioning it the most is Elizabeth Warren, who all the time is being asked to run for office. So is the, does the Clinton magic still exist? That was a big question. She's a loser for that. But she's a big winner because in running for president, you want to run as an alternative. You don't want to have to answer for the problems of your own party. And the fact is that if you look at it, she would have had a horrible time running for president if Harry Reid had stayed top of the Senate because people were so angry at him she would have had to answer for him. Instead, she can say, look, the economy's recovering because of the Democrats and the Republicans all they want to do is fight in the Senate. It's time to elect another Democrat as president. But you she, did a what very,
1: You did a very similar thing with your winners and losers on the pop culture side. On the loser side you have movies Miley and the Kardashians and on the winner side Taylor Swift.
5: Yeah, I've, I've
1: become an admirer of Taylor Swift. I mean, I have no real Well, idea Tom, she... Tom, you were romantically linked with her for some time, so <laughs> I'm just saying.
4: Yeah, right.
5: so <laughs> no, look at it. Taylor Swift dominated the only platinum album. She, uh, she was ubiquitous when it came to pop culture, and she did it with her clothes on. On the other hand, look at all the problems, the crazies on the left had, whether it's Miley Cyrus, whether it's Sony... You know, they were exposed, the Kardashians. But here you have Taylor Swift doing well and staying classy about it.
1: Yeah, uh, sometimes you can be classy and do well at the same time. In Hollywood. My kids are a big Taylor Swift fan, by the way, just saying. My, my daughter, Savannah, for some reason, also my wife, I don't I, 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 you know, she started country and it kind of annoys me when country stars switch over to mainstream. But what can we say? All right. Moving along uh, on your losers list, uh, you have uh, New York.
5: Well, yeah, I don't know any other way to look at it. I'm obviously originally from New York or maybe not. That's why I'm a, a Yankee fan. I remain loyal. New York's a great city and you had Giuliana Giuliani you know my daughter Giuliani take over mm-hmm. clean it up bloomberg sustained it and then you get in a guy De Blasio he's a sixties radical he's been anti-cop his whole career and this is just a, a black eye that is getting worse he's lost control of the city You have someone like O'Reilly saying he's got to resign. The cops don't trust him. This is not good for America. It's obviously not good for race relations. New York's a big loser because they elected a big
1: loser in de Blasio. All right, some winners. Money and politics. You know, unbelievable. I was just asked literally earlier
5: today about who's going to run for Senate in California. And six years ago, I would have said, you know... They don't give much support to a California candidate because the national Republicans say, look, we could get three or four Senate seats in the Midwest for one California seat, and then we go out and spend $300 million in North Carolina, Iowa, and Georgia. And the people who spent the most won an inordinate amount of the time. I think the answer was that it was in the high 80s the people who spent the most so writing checks in politics this isn't a big surprise but it, it it remains true that they were the winners
1: we're we're getting low on time so i'm going to move to your number one loser on your list uh christians worldwide you know <laughs> it is there's really no way to describe this the fall of the
5: west is that the same? Is based on a, a flaw in character, and uh, a loss of morality in some ways, and the fact that they are not standing up with the Christian persecution around the world is just awful. The rise of ISIS is because we are not standing up for things. So look, Christian persecution is is in record amounts. Uh, God forbid you say anything against the other religions. The media will be all over for it. But be that's, because, that's, because nobody, with,
1: that's because nobody's afraid of Christians, because we won't kill people.
5: Yeah, it's, it's awful. And this is a stain uh, on, on this century
1: already. Now, interestingly, you have as a winner Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi
5: Arabia has, which used to foment a lot of this, has, has seen the light. Uh, they know how dangerous Iran is. Saudi Arabia asserted its geopolitical muscle. They've done more for U.S. foreign policy than Obama by flooding the oil market. By flooding the oil market, they are bankrupting Russia and Iran, and that's what we need
1: to do. We need to fund both those countries. And you have as winners as part of that uh, same reasoning is consumers. Yeah, consumers win big. Oil prices have
5: dumped. I'm up here. I just saw 269 gas. I paid 239
1: I for gas today. I couldn't believe it. Because the the reason why oil prices have been high
5: is because of governments pushing them higher. It didn't have to be that way. It never did. So consumers are a big winner.
1: And one of your your number one biggest winner and also one of your biggest losers on the flip side, biggest winner Senate and House Re- Republicans number one on your list and the losers Senate and House Democrats.
5: Well, look, the Republicans, you again, can't, you can't say anything else. When you have historic margins in the House and huge gains in the Senate like they have, they won it. But they didn't win it affirmatively. It was handed to them. So this comes with an asterisk. The Republicans have to have a strong agenda and prove to people they can govern but nevertheless they're big winners there's no other way to look at what's right. happened to the democrats when you lose all those seats they all right win. well
1: that is the most chock full of information first segment of this program we'll ever going to have tom del beccaro thanks for joining us here on the program lou desmond show talk to you in 2015 tom thank you and five to the answer right back right after this
2: Welcome back to The Lou Desmond Show, coming to you from the Charter Business Studio in San Bernardino. And now, here's Lou Desmond. And
1: 590 The Answer, back here on The Lou Desmond Show, and it's the prediction, best and worst program. Uh, I'm out of here until after the new year. Going to be taking some time to travel and go see family in Northern California and Washington. Uh, And joining me here uh, for the last time this year, Georgine Trujillo, my favorite liberal. Hey, Georgine. Oh, hi. Do you have anything, do you have anything, Georgine, that stands out in your mind uh, as being a major winner or loser from 2014?
0: Oh, you know I do, and I'm afraid to open that door, but I'll open it. I'll be brave. I think the major loser uh, was watching the Democratic Party move away from its roots and you know lose its lose 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 its value, some of its seats, both in the uh, on the state level and at the federal level. So that was a big boo for me.
1: Well, you and you and Tom Del Baccaro agree that uh, Democrats in general were big losers in uh, oh, 2014. I didn't see that. No, no, no you're yeah, that's what you just said. They were big losers. Right? I mean, that's what you said. Okay,
0: okay, Lou. Right, right. Well, no,
1: for you, it was a bad thing. But it's like, look, when the Raiders win, I'm happy. When they lose, I'm sad because I'm on their team. You're on the Democrats' team. You're saying boo-hoo because the Democrats lost. That means they're big losers. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Uh, On a local level, uh, I'm going to say that one of the biggest losers in 2014 was the city of San Bernardino. I agree. Uh, what are your reasons why?
0: Well, I just think that, you know, with, uh, all the mayhem of, uh, the, the bankruptcy, uh, some of the leadership issues that have been taking, you know, I mean, this is inside baseball stuff, obviously, but some of the leadership issues that have been going on and shenanigans from, uh, certain people, uh, that have been in, you know, uh, that that came in with uh, with some of the new leadership who have done a lot to hurt the city
1: versus help the city. Let me let me get in now. One of my predictions for 2015. I think the city of San Bernardino is going to have a great 2015. I, I concur with that too. I think the city is going to get on track. Uh, I see. I I think a coalition of leadership will emerge. I think a number mm-hmm. of people who are important in that city who have sort of been sitting on the sidelines, have finally woken up and gone, I am going to have to get involved if this is going to get
0: fixed. And your thoughts? Yep. I am I am 100% in sync with you, and I'm really excited for 2015 for the city of San Bernardino. You know, I really am. I think that that uh, they, they are embarking on a new adventure. Um, also, you know, we have a couple of open seats that are going to be up for election, and I think that the city is going to have a real opportunity to redefine itself in a new way. So yeah. And I also think leadership uh, or stakeholders are, are waking up and saying, Hey, it's time to, it, it's a new day and it's time that we all play a role to make it better for, for everyone. So I, I'm I, really I,
1: excited about yeah, that. I, I think they're there, that lessons have been learned. I think that yep. new leadership is emerging and I think the city is going to move forward in a very, very positive way starting in, in 2015. I, I really look forward to that city over the next number of years, reestablishing itself as one of the real jewel cities of of the state of California. And I think it's in the right place geographically. I think it's in the right place economically. And I think the opportunity is there as long as people are willing to work together. Um, On the political front in California, uh, one of my predictions is we're going to have one of the most expensive political (laughs) fights over one of the stupidest issues you could possibly (laughs) imagine. And I am talking about the plastic bag fight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting... Uh, I, I don't disagree, but I also think it's going to be real interesting to see how it plays out, as as I'm sure you'll be so shocked and odd to, to hear this. You know, obviously I know the folks that have been hired to uh, push through the plastic bag initiatives and have been working on it for the last couple of years. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I also think the other issue that's going to be We're going to start hearing a lot more about, and that's just because as it comes closer and closer to the end of the the governor's term, we're going to be hearing a lot about, you know, the magic train.
1: Yeah, I also think the $0.32 gallon tax uh, that is about to be imposed January 1st on every Californian because of the hoax of global warming and the cap and trade thing we stupidly pushed through. Uh, AB 32 in California is also going to be a big fight because I think some smart Republican is going to go, you know, if we as the Republican Party back this as an initiative, there's not a Californian in the state except for a few who will be against it. All right, Georgine, Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas holidays. to you. you in the new year. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. Joining us now here on the legal front are pocket constitutional scholar for the show um doctor of ralph rossom hey ralph how are you
2: i'm fine lou merry christmas
1: merry christmas to you sir all right so uh before i jump into it do you have any big legal predictions or legal best and worst for 2014 and
2: 2015 well uh the the best uh, legal decision in 2014 was hobby lobby against burwell uh the um uh, the the case in which the, uh, the Supreme Court held that Hobby Lobby and other closely held uh, corporations can uh, exercise free exercise rights and uh, refuse to provide abortifacients uh, as contrary to their religious beliefs. That was a big blow to Obamacare, and uh, it's now scheduled for March 4 of 2015 that the court will hear uh, King against Burwell, and this is the challenge to. Um, the um, uh, subsidies that go to people uh, who buy yes. insurance on the federal exchange. <clears throat> yes. And uh, the, so the, the date has been set for oral argument. And uh, I, given the fact that this will be a statutory construction case rather than a, uh, a full-bore constitutional interpretation issue, I fully expect that the Supreme Court is going to say that when the statute says Uh, an exchange established by a state, it means it, and that uh, subsidies uh, going to people who register on the federal exchanges will be struck down, and that Obamacare will be brought to its knees. Uh,
1: That's actually in my prediction list. I had written down uh, for you to speak with you about Obamacare collapses under state exchange ruling. Here's my thinking also. I'm sorry, the Supreme Court Justice, uh, who is the the Chief Justice, uh, Roberts. Uh, Roberts. Roberts really caught a lot of garbage for his splitting the baby decision in his original chance to gut Obamacare. And and I think that decision was, was, as much as it shouldn't have been, political. I think he didn't want his new court, the Roberts court, to come out and immediately be politicized. So he erred on the side of And especially there was that one telling exchange in it where he wrote, look, you know, the elections mean things and these things should be decided by elections, not by the court. However, I agree with you that now because and especially because of the Gruber tapes, you know what I'm saying? Yes. That this is going to be an opportunity for this court to turn around and deal a death blow to Obamacare, not based on politics, but as you said, simple statutory interpretation that it means what it says
2: yes yeah and uh uh so it'll be five four and um my prediction that uh the uh, a death ball will be struck to obamacare is uh, predicated on the fact that uh kennedy on statutory construction matters isn't too bad
1: no and and look this is a this is a much simpler decision especially because Gruber and others made it so explicit and left a paper trail saying we explicitly did this to pressure the states to accept Obamacare. And they were shocked, shocked when the states didn't pick up and set up their own exchanges and left it to the federal government and for went and foregoed all the money. And they couldn't believe that it happened, but it did. And now... They're gonna get hung on their own petard. Happy <laughs> holidays, Ralph. We appreciate you always being there for us on these legal
2: things. Okay. Well again, Merry Christmas to you and, and to say hello to the entire, wife uh, uh, listening audience.
1: And say hello to the wife and your dog Maggie,
2: please. Okay, we'll do.
1: I'll send her a bone for Christmas. <laughs> and Five Night in the Answer, Lou Desmond show right back right after this. five night of the answer it's a lou desmond show and as promised earlier this week gosh was it only a couple of days ago joined by jay Prag, estimable economist yesterday was it only yesterday it was, it was only yesterday it was only yesterday,
6: only yesterday. uh how, how time flies when you're having
1: fun yeah time blurs for me this time of year so jay uh it's the prediction and best and worst show uh, okay. and your area is economics so do you have a best and worst in economic story or predictions for 2015?
6: Well, there are they're, uh, at least some of them uh, are related. Uh, the, the best is related to my prediction, and that, of course, is the dramatic decline in oil prices. Um, that has caused the big increase in uh, economic growth, I think, uh, at the end of the year. It's given Jay, confidence to boost. Jay, yep.
1: I paid $2.39 a gallon for gas today. I thought it was a misprint.
6: Yeah, me too. I, I filled my tank up, having having driven out to the station yesterday, um, and and a few Christmas errands. I filled my tank up from you know E, I mean Total E, and it cost thirty dollars less than it did right uh, at the at the high. Um, I couldn't believe it. And that's money I can use to go buy another Christmas present from somebody, you know? Well, it's
1: it's it's, it's me taking the employees out to Taco Tuesday, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, or even me. <laughs> and, right. And, and, <laughs> is that a hint? I'm just saying. Um, and so, yeah, the, that's a big, big story. But
6: it has also
1: had geopolitical impacts,
6: too, right? So, so that, that, of course, is um, uh, maybe my prediction on the downside. I don't know that... I have a, a very bad prediction economically uh, for the United States. I think California will continue to be a little bit of a laggard, uh, given what's hitting us in January—the uh, increase in the um, unemployment tax and uh, cap and trade and things like that. But I think California will um, do okay. Uh, we still don't have major manufacturing jobs and things like that coming in, but there's distribution jobs and other things. So California will do will do fine. Uh, I think the world is at risk because of, well, Russia, their biggest uh, source of revenue was oil, and uh, they're being led by somebody who's proven to be militaristic. So I, I would not be surprised to see Putin make some more moves into some of his neighboring countries, which will put the United States in a difficult spot. Um, that that's my well, it's
1: interesting that you say that because according to reason.com their number four prediction for 2015 and by the way dr adrian moore from the reason foundation will join us shortly the foreign policy challenge of the year is russia yeah well i agree with him shaken by sanctions and low oil prices putin makes an aggressive move against another neighbor in addition to ukraine
6: yeah no i i mean i didn't read that uh but i i completely agree with it um, that is my worst Fear, and then you know you can add Venezuela into that uh, group, um, and some of the Middle Eastern countries that uh, use oil but don't necessarily use it for good. So I do see some disruptions uh, in world geopolitical um, spaces uh, that'll create some uh, problems. I think for the United States and Europe, and uh, some of our some of our allies. So that's my that's my down. I don't think I have a worst economic story of the year. It was generally a good year economically. Uh, Obamacare, you and I have talked pretty much every well, week. Well, I'm going
1: to stop you there because I have a worst, okay. which is the labor participation rate in the United States is at the lowest point since the 1970s. Yeah, I think that, that is that, horrible.
6: That, that is right. It's a very bad statement about the, the deep level of health of the economy. Um, and but that's not unrelated. But it also
1: it also rots
6: people, Jay. Yeah, but that's not unrelated to where I was headed, which which is Obamacare. I do think Obamacare has pushed some people out of the the labor market because I think that uh, it's created some uh, disruptions uh, in you know employer employee relations and things like that. What employers are able to offer legally with Obamacare and uh, what that does. You know, if if you force me to to provide a health care alternative that's very expensive that's wages i can't pay you right right well and and
1: and here's my here's my problem you know i talk about this as a theme on the show all the time when when we get on these subjects i'm going to talk about physics for a second a body at rest tends to stay at rest a body in motion tends to stay in motion And when you've been unemployed or on disability or whatever and food stamps and Section 8 and yada, 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 and you haven't had to work, even though you're just eking by on a meager existence, the idea of having to get up every morning, brush your teeth, shave, and go to work someplace where somebody orders you around and tells you what to do, uh, I, I I think sloth rots people, Jay. I think not having a job, not having something to do rots a person's soul.
6: I agree with you, and, and um, it's fairly well documented that during the last several years, or during the entirety of this administration, um, the size of, of social welfare programs has skyrocketed, food stamps in particular, so that while we are taking care of people who are unemployed, we're also giving them a reasonable, I guess you'd call it lifestyle, and it, it, like you said, uh, when, when your job isn't something that's necessarily lighting your fire, um, but it's a, it's a job that, you know, you start off life with, that'll get you somewhere eventually, you may just decide to right. stay with what you're getting from the government.
1: Let's go ahead and add Adrian into the conversation here at this point. Dr. Adrian Moore joins us on the Newsmaker Line from the Reason Foundation. From uh, Hawaii, you mean. From Hawaii? From Hawaii? But what the heck? You live in Florida. Why do you have to go to Hawaii?
6: 'Cause that's where my mother lives. I'm spending Christmas with my mother. Oh, though. it's
1: tough. You you and Obama. Jeez. Meanwhile, I, uh, I, I'm well, taking a Adrian more life. I'm taking a multi day road trip to Washington.
3: Right. <laughs> with
6: a six
1: year old right. and an eight year old. Well, Good luck with that. Apparently
6: some of us have made better life decisions than others. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh okay yeah i see how it is thank you for that that was a good one all right i want to jump right to some news from today and get both jay your thoughts and adrian's thoughts from different directions
6: okay but i have to ask adrian a very quick question by the way hi adrian it's been a long time which island hey, jay. which island uh, Kauai. Kauai. The, the big island oh kawaii uh Kauai, yeah the Garden island. island very nice okay uh, all right
1: here we go uh The interview, the movie that has been in all the news for all the wrong reasons, actually is going to get released. Uh, Theaters in about 25 states, led by the state of Texas, and oh, by the way, Mission Grove Theaters in Riverside, right here in the Inland Empire, will be showing the film, Uh, have decided they're going to show the film. Now, I've been joking with people that the safest place you could possibly be on Christmas day is in one of those theaters in Texas that is showing the interview.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cause I think there's going to be enormous security and every other person is going to have a concealed carry permit. Cause they're going to go hoping Koreans attack. Uh, right. and get, so any case, meaning not Korean people in general folks, I'm talking about if there were North Korean terrorist sleeper cells, don't send me emails saying I'm a racist. Uh, so uh, I also think there is a uh there is an economic component to this, but Adrian, first to your thought that going to one of those theaters is going to be about one of the safest places you could be on Christmas.
6: Yeah, probably true. I mean, it's 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 very much like uh, you know airplanes after nine eleven. You know, a, a lot of the security measures they put in uh made sense in a time when you would assume that people wouldn't take would just lie there and take it if somebody tried to hijack the plane um so yeah it probably will be uh pretty darn safe in those theaters and this is probably how the movie's going to get out more broadly because nothing's going to happen most likely and then other theaters will say oh okay i guess uh we can show this and and it'll wind up getting much broader release in the end, I'm sure.
1: Now, uh, I'm in the public relations business and marketing business, of course, and i got to tell you, this has probably done enormous amount for the desire of people <laughs> to see this film. Uh, now, I'm yeah. still not going to go see it, because I'm just not into these kind of movies, but I'm going to make sure that Gabriel does. He's going to go <laughs> see the movie for me, and, and then I'll get his review. That's a
3: negative. I'll, I'll go if I can make it. I'm not going to spend my day going to get a review.
1: Well, what if I paid you? I'll tell you what. I'll pay for the tickets for you and your wife. Negative. And dinner.
3: <laughs> Negative.
1: Wait, wait, wait. wait. I'm going to buy tickets to the movie and pay for your dinner, and you're not going to go see the movie.
3: Negative. Hey,
6: uh, Lou. Yes? Can I can I chime in something on this? Just an opinion. Yeah. And, Adrian, you can feel free to disagree with me, as you sometimes do. I, I actually think uh, if, if it is North Korea that's behind this, that the threat of anything violent here is probably a lot of of smoke and mirrors there you know it it's a regime that is not really likely to do something like that on american soil they're not you know terrorists uh... in, in the sense that we've been scared by since nine eleven Um it, it's really a, a you know I, I don't need hate mail either but but it's a reasonably gutless uh... Um, of
1: contact to make
6: yeah and i I, I really doubt they they would have done anything because the response to something like that wouldn't be just shutting off their internet yeah
1: (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I, i don't think so now all right i want to move on real quick to a prediction that i have that's related north korea becomes increasingly belligerent and the obama administration does uh nothing adrian
6: well, um, I think that's very consistent with the track record of the administration today. Uh, Jay, yeah, I mean, again, depends on what you mean by increasingly belligerent. Uh, if they did in fact do something on American soil, oh, I don't think oh, any yeah. president, Katie, would bar do the
1: nothing. door,
4: yeah,
6: yeah. I mean, I don't. I, frankly, I, I, you know, my respect for the Obama administration internationally is right up there with you two, but but I don't think any American president would do nothing. I really don't. All right. Uh, and and Jay, was, Jay was right earlier when he said you know, that, that they're not like a lot of other organizations who our intelligence apparatus believes has, you know... Sleeper
1: uh, cells in the United States. Sleeper
6: cells in the United States or anything
1: like that. They'd be too easy to spot because of the bad haircuts. And-
6: well, no, I mean, frankly, think about it. Mm-hmm. A, a North Korean that was able to get out of North Korea... Isn't going to do anything for North Korea right? Once they got out of
1: North Korea They're just not going back
6: That's exactly right
1: <laughs> Alright <laughs> and, and in a minute or less Here's one of my big ones This is an either or Iran announces full nuclear capability Israel strikes Iranian nuclear facilities In a devastating way But in a way that we don't expect One or two Which one's more likely Adrian?
6: Hmm, Probably one
1: Iran announces nuclear ability.
6: Right.
1: have uh, a long
6: time. Jay? Uh, I'd say neither, only in that uh, I don't think, I think if Iran did have it, they wouldn't want to announce it because they'd know <laughs> Uh Here's the thing. I
1: think Israel knows exactly what Iran's capability is, and if they get to the point where they're actually going to be able to do the bomb, Netanyahu will not let them get there, and then you're talking about, a big international conflagration. Merry Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. And we'll see you after the first of the year, okay? Same to you, Lou. All right, see you, guys. Sounds good.
3: Real quick, just a couple of announcements. Tonight, the Lakers are hosting the Golden State Warriors. So as we all know, there should be a Sports Corner segment tonight. But tonight, I'm going to let Lou run loose. It's going to be a little extra loose segment, just like the good old days. I'm sure he's going to talk a little mumble jumbo about his Raiders and who knows what else. So stick around for that. But most importantly, Starting tomorrow at six PM instead of the Lou Desmond show, we're gonna kick off our holiday music marathon. Starting at six PM Christmas Eve, it's gonna run all the way through midnight on Christmas Day. Also, we didn't really get into the list, but twenty-five states are actually not gonna screen the movie the interview. So we're just curious, go to the Facebook page, Facebook.com, Lou Desmond. Five ninety, And just let us know, do you agree? Are you going to go check it out? Are you not going to check it out? What do you think of the 25 states that are not going to screen it? And what do you think about Puerto Rico, who is going to screen it? It's a little interesting there. All right, Lou, take it away. Coming up next with the Christmas story here on The Lou Desmond Show,
1: right
2: back right after this. Welcome back to the Lou Desmond Show, coming to you from the Charter Business Studio in San Bernardino. And now, here's Lou Desmond. Will be ringing
4: this sad,
1: sad news. And 590 the answer, it's Lou Desmond Show, and thanks for listening, everybody, to this pre-Christmas program. And as I've been teasing throughout the show, and as we do every year, I have here some very special kids. Hey kids! Ah! Uh, the Mrs. Lyles class is here from Ukaipa Christian School, which, by the way, my daughter Savannah is a part of. Hey, honey, good to see you here. Uh, and they do something very special every year, which is as part of their Christmas program. They recite from memory the Christmas story, the classic story we know from the Bible, Luke 1 through 20. We're going to get in as much as we can before the program ends here. So with no further ado, Mrs. Lyles, take it away.
4: Luke 2, 1 through 20. In those days
1: I'm going to have you step up to this mic here real quick um, and just get your face right in front of it there like I am. All right. um, how long does it take you to teach these kids to do this? About a month. About a month. And how many years have you been doing this? Luke uh, 2, 1 through 20. How long have you been doing this with kids?
0: About 45 years.
1: Oh, my goodness. And so uh, it's it's a great thing. I, I I remember seeing it for the first time when my kids first started Ucripa Christian School. I'm just so thrilled. That there are educators like you that are, are teaching kids the importance of Christmas and the biblical side of it, not just the commercial side of it. Uh, and I'm just thrilled that my daughter Savannah has been, and my son Eric, also had the opportunity to experience this. And I just think it's amazing that these kids could memorize something like that. Uh, and, I, and if we could post this to Facebook, you'll see some of the hand movements and things that they do. uh, It's very cute and just, I think, a sign of what a great education they get at a place like you, Kuiper Christian. So thank you so much. Thank you. You betcha. All right. Uh, I'm going to be gone for the next week or so. A harmless, lovable little fuzzball. Yeah, that's me. Exactly. I, I appreciate everyone that's been listening all year and for the four and a half years I've been here on the station. Gabe, I hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, my friend. You're the same, Chief. and 590, The Answer, Lou Desmond Show. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Lou Desmond. They're the kids from Ukaipa Christian School. She's Mrs. Lyles, and uh,
4: we're gone.